The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of First and Ten. That's right, the leadoff podcast of the week. It is Super Bowl week, and right here you have myself, Dave Sturcho, alongside Aiden Davis and Tony Catalina. We're coming to you one more time on the Blogging the Boys podcast network powered by SB Nation. Guys, we're just coming off some football this past weekend. How about that? Huh? We got some more football. Just when you thought we had the weekend off of football, that's not the case. We got to sit through that exhilarating game known as the Pro Bowl. I, I know you guys both really, really enjoyed it. Tony, we'll start with you. Uh, did you win money on the over? Did you do anything when it comes to the Pro Bowl? I tell you what, man, if, if you're betting the Pro Bowl, uh, you need to seek some counseling because nothing about that is uh, is it should be on TV. shouldn't be televised the way that goes. But no, I mean, I think we all went through it like paint drying. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough sledding the entire time. Um, I, I, you know what it was? I think the first thing that stood out to me most was Miles Garrett. Um, just like really like lackadaisical, not even rushing the passer. You, that was the one that like really really stood out to me. But Aiden, um, you know what's the solve here, man? It's not like this is breaking news. We've seen that less and less as time gone on and and the years go by, this game gets less and less competitive. And this year was legitimately. Two-hand touch with pads on. What, what do we do to solve this thing? Yeah, because the issue with football is it's not like basketball or baseball where you can play half speed and it's still entertaining. You just get a bunch of offense. With football, if you play half speed, it's like you're watching a practice. So in my opinion, the skills competition was exponentially more entertaining than the game because at least with the skills competition, you have you're feeling some type of, oh, I want this person to win. I'm really invested in what they're doing now. So maybe it's just making that the main event, but it's just gotten to the point. I don't know if you can do anything. I just think you kind of have to take it for what it is at this point. It's sad. Would you consider eliminating the game altogether? I mean, at at some point it is like, I know for me, I wasn't doing anything today, and I saw that the Pro Bowl was on, so mm-hmm. I flipped on the channel. So it's at least something to watch. And I will say, for us Cowboys fans, Micah played somewhat, he's like 75% the second half. You got to see Trayvon play at receiver. Amari Co- or CD Lamb got a good amount of touches. So, I mean, at least we got to see some Cowboys players. So 
I don't know if you eliminate it at this point. Who knows what you do at the Pro Bowl? Tony, fix the Pro Bowl, bro. How are we doing this? You know, first off, they got to I mean, I know there's money involved if you win or lose, whatever the case may be. It's a larger chunk, but they have to incentivize it. And I understand the health and I'm not going to complain about it. These guys kill each other all year. And if they want to go out there and kind of chill, that's totally fine. But the product they're putting out there is is borderline um, losing their own privilege with this. So I agree if they get if they got to make it more NBA style, all star weekend where there's different, um, you know, competitions, things to get fun. I mean, I see they do it with the dodgeball and stuff. I think they need to tap into more of those type of resources because the game itself is is not um, it's not overly entertaining. I did like the Trayvon versus Stefan digs i did enjoy that so there are some quirks in there that you get to see like oh that's fun that's cute but at the same time um you know i, I don't really like to see i saw Dalvin cook run like a three-yard run where he like never got more than like a, a leisurely jog and i'm like man this is i can't watch three hours of this well shout out to shout out to mac daddy mac jones who took it to the house and dude did a little uh did a little dance for us that i honestly crowned him the mvp right there but unfortunately they gave it to max crosby and uh justin herbert I got a solve for this. I actually have a solve. Now, remember, there's you said it yourself, Tony. There's no incentive. There's no there's no reason to play hard in this game. How about since there's 17 games in the season now, how about the winning conference get the extra home game the following season? I don't hate that. You don't don't hate that. Right. You play you play hard for your conference because, you know, in your head, we're about to get an extra home game next year. There'd be some logistics behind it, but I don't, I don't hate that. I mean, it would kind of like baseball did, right? I mean, I like that. Well, I think baseball did it where I think, yeah, they would get the home, uh, the home field advantage in the world series. So same thing. You got, you got to do something because this, this was unwatchable content. You know what I mean? Like, and I love there's again, I'll I'll compete with a lot of people in, in, you know, whether you're listening to this or even you two other than me, there's nobody that loves the game of football more than me. You know what I mean? Like I love watching football. I'll consume like, you don't understand. I, I just went through some of my memories. I had season tickets to the XFL, okay? Like, and and that's just hot garbage football, you know what I mean? So, and it's not so much garbage football. It's it's decent, and I'm hoping it gets better um, when they come back next year. But what I'm saying is I, I love consuming the game of football, and this was just, I don't know. It was just, it was rough. It was tough sledding. I, I find it hard to believe on why certain players were even there. You know, like what, like if I'm not mistaken, why, why is Russell Wilson a pro bowler right now? Like he missed half the season. And then when he did play, he played piss poor. Like, I don't understand how he gets the, the nod there. Aiden. That's one thing I, I was, and I didn't really read much about the pro bowl this year. I didn't really know who was actually showing up to it outside the Cowboys players. I was really hoping I got to turn on the TV to see Tom Brady play one last game. And that's like, why did why didn't he show up today? Like you didn't do you didn't announce your retirement until after the season ended. Just do one last victory lap. And that's I think that's another thing you brought up Sturge, another pro- huge problem with the Pro Bowl. If everybody's going to skip, we're watching these borderline decent NFL players playing in quote unquote the Pro Bowl. Yeah, the all-star game of the NFL. Give me a break. Yeah, why am I watching Kirk Cousins play today? <laughs> exactly. I said the same thing. Like, even, you know, miss me with Kyler Murray, too. Like, I just like, dude, what do you do? Like, and you know what? Not for nothing. If you took the over in the interceptions, you hit that bet, too, because everybody was throwing interceptions. Everybody was throwing interceptions. It was, like, borderline ridiculous. But look, man, I mean, it's a weekend. We got to see Micah declare himself as the fastest man in the world. <laughs> you know, so we saw him beat the Cheetah and Nick Chubb in that race. And clearly, you know, it looked like Tyreek Hill got off to a, a really bad start and looked like he wasn't really giving it his all. But you know what? 
a win is a win, man. I, I'm in the I'm in the pro wrestling world. Okay, so when you win by hook or by crook, it's still a win. So <laughs> that's that's how I'm taking that one. And then of course, yes, Trayvon Diggs with the skills competition. That was pretty badass too. Uh, but yeah, man, we got to take them for what it's worth. Um, the All Star Game or the Pro Bowl game isn't what it used to be. It's not the Sean Taylors of the world trying to rip your head off. It's not, you know, we did get a nice little interception on Trayvon Diggs. We did get to see the Diggs brothers go after each other, both sides of the ball, which is funny as hell. No interference call, by the way, in the end zone. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not hesitant at all to throw these penalty flags throughout the whole course of the year, and all of a sudden they're just going to keep their hands in their pockets. Like, miss me with that. But, um, yeah, so, anyway, it wasn't technically a week off but now as people are listening to this and they're consuming the content it is super bowl week after all i mean yes would we have i think somebody put out a tweet one of the followers of mine and they said uh you know isn't this you know what more can you want from the cowboys players uh in the pro bowl i said well to be playing in the super bowl that's <laughs> that's kind of what i would want out of this week but the week's over now and we're gonna move on uh, but some news that broke uh literally within the i guess right after the pro bowl um, is that the, the Dolphins got their guy. The Miami Dolphins were down to two. It was Mike McDaniels of the 49ers, the offensive coordinator, or our beloved Kellen Moore. Um, and they chose McDaniels. Is McDaniels, right? Yeah, McDaniel. Yeah, that's his name. Okay. Yep. Just making sure I got that right as I keep saying it over and over again and nobody's correcting me. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to run with it. Um, but yeah, so McDaniels, the guy, uh, the 49ers actually get two uh, compensatory picks in the third round. He's, uh, I believe he's biracial. So that there's the rule in place for that. So the Niners are picking up two picks there, but uh, and that only is brought up because of all the stuff going on, you know, within the NFL. We'll find out obviously how that plays out. We're not going to touch on that. Uh, but the bigger story is, you know, Kellen Moore. I guess by default he comes back. Aiden. Yeah, that's kind of what you have to assume, right? He wasn't really a finalist. I mean, I think there's still three teams that are hiring the, their head coach. I don't. It doesn't really sound like Kellen Moore is involved in any of those. So. The best, it, it really, Kelmore is back another year. And for better or for worse, I don't I don't know how y'all feel about it, but he's, he's Kelmore and Dan Quinn will be back, which is at least it's consistency. Expectations now of a Kelmore another year, Tony. I mean, he's coming back. Uh, he's, you know, look, what I, the way I see this is that if the Dolphins had him as a finalist and he was, you know, he interviewed plenty of other places, you know, and he was in the conversation for, a couple other jobs, the fact that he didn't land any of them, right, and he only was rumored to be a front-runner in Miami, does this kind of go to show you that Kellen Moore is not ready yet? You know, like, is he not ready to take the keys to a team? Is he too young? Is You know, I, I don't know. What's the what's the problem with Kellen Moore? And in the same answer, are what's your thoughts about him coming back one more time? You know, I think I kind of think you hit the nail on the head there. I think the league, you know, perception is reality in the NFL sometimes where um, if, if these interviews happen at the halfway point, I think he's a leading candidate for most of these jobs. You know, the young wonder, call him what, the wonder kid or wonder boy, whatever it was like. He, boy uh, wonder. Come on now. Yeah, boy wonder. Like he was, you know, night and day difference, the tail of two seasons for this guy in one year. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, for the Cowboys, I like the idea of the continuity, right? I mean, I didn't love the idea of, Kellen Moore being the one back and losing Dan Quinn. But if we got them both back, there's some continuity. There's both sides of the ball, especially the rookies and the young guys that are trying to develop. They're going to be in the same scheme, in the same system, kind of pick up where you left off. All that being said, you can't ignore the fact that Kellen Moore had some obvious um, some issues, you know, whether it be, you know, with the communication, how him and Dan, uh, Dak Prescott worked together, or it was just whatever. He was kind of, you know, trying to 
jam his head into a you know into a brick wall with some of these play calls. But at the end of the day, he um he has an opportunity to try to make himself look better. He's going to end up in the next hiring cycle, I think, much like Dan Quinn will. And we'll kind of we'll, we'll obviously we'll touch on that when we get to that. But here here he is. It looks like he's going to be back. And for the Cowboys' sake, you hope that he gets back to the drawing board a little bit and kind of gets a little more creative again. Aiden, you heard Tony use the phrase "pick up where he left off." That can't be good, right? <laughs> like it's, I mean, if you think about it, where he left off was, you know, a, a home loss against the 49ers. No, no. And obviously we don't want him to pick pick up where he left off. But I, th- I think Tony, he has a point where over the course of an entire season, Kellen Moore's been okay each of his first three years in the NFL, or at least 2019, 2020, and 2021. He's been good over the course of the season. But I think our big issue as Cowboys fans is we haven't seen that consistency. There's been ups and downs. Like we'll throw a 2020 out just because obviously that was a really weird year and you had the hot start in the first five games with Dak. And so we kind of assumed that it was going to be more the same in 2021. It started much of the same. It started hot. And then once we saw this inconsistency creep upward, I just don't, I don't think we understand how we should feel about Kellen Moore because we want that, in order to succeed, we're going to need that consistency. And the question is whether he can gain it. What I will say about Kel Moore, as of right now, he is the youngest offensive coordinator in the NFL. So obviously there is still incredible room to grow with him. I think the Cowboys promoted him a little bit too early. That's a different discussion for a different day. But having that talent where we've seen those flashes, we know he's young and he can still grow. I mean, the upside's there, and so we. Sh- I'm not. I wasn't jumping around my living room saying, "Yeah, we got Kel Moore back. We got Kel Moore back." But I mean, I think this. We should be happy about this that we have the continuity, and we know that there is upside with Kel Moore. I think as Cowboys fans, um, and this is not a knock on, on the fan base or Cowboys Nation or anything like that, but I think there's there's something there's something wrong and broken with this fan base when it comes to like. Oh, he did okay. You know, he did okay. You know, like we're we're okay with that. We're okay with okay, and that's not good. You know, and that's unfortunately, I think you know Jerry Jones as well, and the and the Jones family. I think they're okay with being okay, and as long as they're still in the in the headlines, you know, we're we're in for it. You know, and I, and I listen. We all want to be proven wrong, right? We all want to hear every every year. Jerry Jones said he would trade in the world for another Super Bowl and all that. You know, all that jazz, right? And I want to believe him. I do. Um. Now, by default, Kellen Moore is back in this offense. And from what we saw last year, it's just, again, there was, like you guys alluded to, you know, there's a lot of ability. There's a lot of, like, genius in this guy. There's a lot of, like, oh, my God, I can't believe he called that play. There was times we were walking into the end zone because nobody saw it coming, right? There was there was those plays. And I think now his biggest thing going into 2022 is usage, of these players usage of these tools that he has at his disposal last year, especially towards the back end of the year, he did not use his tools properly. Okay. Like you get the toolbox, right? You go to work, you grab your toolbox, right? You open it up. You're like, all right, I need a Phillips head. And then he hands you, you know, something out a hammer. And you're like, what, what? Like, how does that make any sense? Like he didn't use the right tools. Tony, do you think that another year removed and another year going into an off-season program with training camp and OTAs and everything like that. And we don't know what this team's going to look like in a month or two months from now because of free agency and the draft and everything like that. But do you think Kellen has learned from his mistakes as far as usage of these guys? 
Man, you better you better hope so, right? Because it's one of those things where he's back, and by you know whatever the case may be, you know that he's our guy for now. And um, you know at the end of the day, it's kind of crazy to think and, and talk about this offense because we're the number one offense in the NFL. I mean, a lot of teams in the league would be you know happy to have the offensive production this team has had, but at the same time, we understand exactly what the end of the year, you know, look like compared to the beginning of the season. And, you know, Kellen Moore is going to have to get in there and get a little, you know, a little deeper into the preparation. I'm not going to tell the man how to do his job or, you know, whatever the case may be. I, I'm sure no, no, he's going out there. Do that. Do that. <laughs> how to do his job. <laughs> you know, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's grinding, but at the same time, the NFL now is, you know, you can't just go out there and say, our guys are going to go out muscle these guys now. The, the defenses are too smart. These guys are too athletic. You're just going to have to adapt in-game, in-drives. You know, Dak and him are going to have to be lockstep with each other in unison. And I think, you know, Kellen Morris, he's not on, I don't know what his social media situation is, but I'm sure he hears the noise. And at the same time, I, you got to get back to the grindstone. You got to get to the drawing board. And I think... um a lot of this team, including Dak Prescott and everybody else that, you know, feeling bitter about losing in the first round at starting 12 and five, uh, they got a big chip on their shoulder going into this next season. Yeah, I think uh, if, if Kellen Moore is on social media, he definitely has like burner accounts with like odd names that you would never think in a million years. It's him like Tony Pollard over Zeke at, you know, or something or to feed Tony Pollard or something. The, 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 the obscure things that have not happened are the burner account of one Kellen Moore. Um, all right, so getting into another uh, topic that kind of broke off into the uh, into the Cowboys universe. Um, I want to. I have a question, and and maybe this is just me going nuts, but but Stephen Jones typically always has his his media spots, and he he drops a lot of little nuggets here and there, right? And he literally called himself out on saying that Dak Prescott is eating up a big chunk of our salary cap. Right. And like why he said, like, you're the guy who presented the damn contract. You know what I mean? So this is your fault and you know this, right? So now that got a world of buzzing, right? All of a sudden there are rumors about cutting specific star players on this team. They all rub me the wrong way. Like, I don't like seeing this. I I'm confident that none of this stuff that we read over the weekend will come true, but there is rumors. Okay. We start with Amari Cooper. Okay. This over the weekend, a lot of people are saying, well, if he doesn't restructure, you got to cut him, right? Because, look, the contract situation is I believe they can just get out at this point and not really take too much of a hit. But the problem is, you know, you don't have – right now, Michael Gallup hasn't even had ACL surgery yet. You know what I mean? For whatever reason, they delayed the crap out of that. And then you don't have – and all you have is C.D. Lamb. So are you willing to go into a season with just C.D. Lamb? You know, like this is not – I, I I don't I don't understand this Aiden break it down for me man because I I just the the hate on Amari Cooper is astronomically terrible right now. Yeah, and I'm I'm just so confused because we want to we want to get to the point where we're confident in this team and we want to we want to win the Super Bowl. How in the world is trading away one of your best offensive weapons the best way to get to the Super Bowl? And when I say best offensive weapons. Amari Cooper's been getting a lot of hate lately, but here's just a couple nuggets of Amari about Amari Cooper. Uh oh, uh oh, professor's about to go in right now. <laughs> the professor's about to go in. Get him. There were 35 receivers with 100 plus targets this year, and there were four that had 120 plus passer rating when targeted. That's Mike Evans, the touchdown king, Cooper Cup, the best wide receiver in football in 2021, 
Tyler Lockett, who kind of weird. And then you have Amari Cooper. Lockett's on there, huh? Yeah, Lockett confused me a little bit. I guess probably just because he gets a lot of deep targets. Yeah. Speaking of deep targets, you have passer rating when targeted on 20-plus yard passes. So who's the best deep ball wide receiver in football? Amari Cooper has the best passer rating when targeted on 20-plus yard passes. The two receivers behind him, Cooper Cup, once again, best receiver in 2021, and A.J. Brown, who we all know is a stud on the deep ball. Now you ask, is he better against specific type of defenses? No, he's a by once again passer rating when targeted, the seventh best receiver against man coverage, the fifth best receiver against zone coverage. Top ten, top ten. Top, so he's not a bad receiver, and we get confused of the amount that he's being targeted, which is not a ton, versus how good he actually is when he was on the field and when he was targeted, he was amazing last year and here's a quick quiz for you guys what do darnell mooney jacoby myers marvin jones jr and cole beasley have in common <sighs> let's see vaccination status that can't be it um no i don't i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> the answer is all of those receivers are targeted more than amari cooper in 2021 oh God. you heard me right yeah. marvin yeah. jones jr <laughs> Darnell Mooney, Jacoby Myers, and Cole Beasley. So let's stop confusing the amount people target these receivers with how good they actually are. Amari Cooper's a good receiver, and he needs to be on this team next year. So does that uh, – I mean, I'm not not putting words in your mouth, Aiden, and I'm going to throw this to Tony. By all of those numbers, right, by all those numbers, especially that last one with the targets and, the, you know, just – is this a, is this more of a testament on Dak Prescott's bad year? You know, because the targets – that look, when they added um, uh, C.D. Lamb, right, we're all like the, – the first thing I thought to me, myself was like, there's only one ball to go around. You know what I mean? Like, so now you really got to be specific on where you throw the rock. Is this is this more of a testament against Dak Prescott, Tony? I think it's more of a testament of Kellen Moore. I, I just think they haven't schemed up a way to get Mari Cooper the football. I mean, look at the way the 49ers get Debo Samuels the ball. He's a unique, right? He's a unicorn in this league. But – Mike McDaniel's got the job, and he finds a way to get Debo Samuel the football. I think these offensive coordinators who understand that players make the scheme, the scheme don't make the players, are the ones who are more successful, right? I mean, look at the way the Bengals. The Bengals, what, had four wins a year ago, and they're in the damn Super Bowl. So it's like, you know, what they do? They had Jamar Chase. They, you know, they have Joe Burrow, who's just a, a bona fide winner. I think at the end of the day, these coaches – and yeah, Dak Prescott's not, you know, blameless in this in himself. I mean, he's got to be able to get out there and force the ball. I mean, Amara Cooper is a quiet guy. He's a um a deliberate man. He's a guy that speaks, and when he speaks it, it's it's with a point. When he's getting out here, I can help this team win. He's not being a diva. I didn't take it as negative. I think he's saying, like, I can get this team to where we want to go if you look my way more. I think it opens up other things. You may have to force the ball a little bit. I think sometimes Dak Prescott may want to get cute and then not want to, uh, you know, turn the ball over. You, but some of these, you know, sometimes you just got to grip it and rip it. And, you know, and when you got a guy like Amari Cooper who's in the statistical category of Cooper Cup and Mike Evans on the deep ball, you got to do it. You have to get it done. And this team, and I've very been very vocal about this, this team is not better with uh, without Amari Cooper on this team, just flat out. I'm not in the business of cutting good football players, and I'm not in the business of cutting one year five to ten best players on your team. I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, look, I've always said it. Stats don't lie. And what Aiden just said, um, that's 
the proof is in the pudding and the, the kid needs to be on this team. And when I say kid, he's still a kid, you know, like he's not even like, he's not even, not even close to being 30 years old. When we got him, I believe he was 24. So like, I think he's 26 right now, you know, or 20 at the most, he's 27, right? So he's still on the right side of 30. Obviously the deep ball, you know, you mentioned that Aiden and that like kind of befuddles me too, because I'm like, when you look at this team as a whole and look at every single game, 17 regular season games, plus the playoff game, you felt like you never even saw the ball in the air. You know what I mean? Like, it, you, you get that feeling too, Aiden? Yeah, and when we say Amari Cooper's a good deep threat, it's not that he's going to high point the football. He's always going to be that contested catch guy. But Amari Cooper is so good at running routes that mm. he is regularly open 20 yards down the field. And when Dak targets him down the field, he's just open. It's like it's not even a contested catch because – you just Doesn't find him be. and and it was i th- it was the saints game which i think was amari's first game back after he got injured it was his best play of the night was just dak found him in the middle of the field he was wide open and amari cooper took in another 20 yards that's just the talent that he has and i think tony's right i think part of its scheme i think part of it's dak just a little bit afraid to force the ball but we have to learn how to use amari cooper right because cutting him or trading him is not the option here Okay, prediction time. Amari Cooper is a member of the Dallas Cowboys this upcoming season. Aiden, yes or no? I'm going to go with what I hope, and I'm going to say he is. That's a lot of hesitation. Tony? (laughs) I'm going to say yes, emphatically, because I think they'll come to their senses. You know, they have to. I, listen, I would love to see a little bit of a restructure ski. You know, I would love to see a little bit more like, hey, listen, we're going to extend you for the next three, actually. Uh, that's what we want, but we're going to load it towards the back end, and that's going to help us out. I don't know what happens, right? But it would help. It would help tremendously because, you know, the cap situation right now is no bueno, and there's a lot of guys that we want to bring back, right? Now, I flip it to the other side of the ball because, obviously, uh, Amari Cooper is not the only person that was brought up in these rumors of let, let's just let's just get rid of them. Let's just, you know, let's trade them off. Let's get a three, four. Let's get a number one pick. I'm like, you guys are all high as a kite. <laughs> I guess I understand how you guys can understand where, where are you getting this first round pick from. But the other guy is Demarcus Lawrence. Now, we do know that Randy Gregory's contract is up. That's one of the guys we're trying to bring back. The, the thought of bringing Micah Parsons down in the three-point stance, more or less, you know, being in the, in the edge, rusher, edge rusher position, intrigues you to think that we only need one Micah Parsons and one Randy Gregory, and then we can part ways with Tank Lawrence. Now, my prediction is not even prediction. My thoughts about this are this, you know, for years, we've been looking for guys to step up as the vocal leaders of this team. Right. And there's been times where I, I think we brought in uh, Michael Bennett and all of a sudden people are like, Oh, he's the most outspoken guy on the team. I'm like, wait a minute, timeout. Like why, where did he come from? And why does he even have a voice in the locker room right now? Like he should have just known his role and played his game. Right. DeMarcus Lawrence is one of those guys that are on your team that are going to help you in so many different ways. And I'm tired of hearing the, the, the sack numbers and that. And then everybody's getting on with, well, you know, you're going to pay him all this money for two or three sacks. The, the, the stuff, the intangibles this guy brings to the defensive line cannot be matched. And Aiden, I know for a fact that you have come into the roundtables and come into other discussions and saying how much of an impact this guy has, even when he's not sacking the quarterback do you believe in the idea of removing demarcus lawrence from this team going forward no not in the slightest and 
Yeah, I've been really vocal about Demarcus Lawrence, but that's just because I think Demarcus Lawrence is a really good player, and you start to get these opinions of, well, he doesn't get sacked, so he's not good, and so I feel like I have to be vocal. Here's the thing about Demarcus Lawrence that should really worry us if we get rid of him. The worst part about our defense in 2021, and I don't think anybody would argue, is that we weren't amazing at stopping the run. We were pretty good, but it was more of we forced the other team in a pass because of our offense. The run defense wasn't outstanding. Demarcus Lawrence, outside of maybe Micah Parsons at this point, is your best run-stopping defensive lineman. He is regularly putting people on their backs in the backfield. It is just, it's not even pure athleticism. Demarcus Lawrence just knows where the ball is going and he gets there. And so getting rid of him would be a huge downgrade to your run defense, especially because that's not really Randy Gregory's skill set. Randy Gregory is the exact opposite. He gets to the quarterback and that's huge, but he's not really good. He's not amazing at stopping the run. And so that's my huge worry. If we get rid of Demarcus, what the run defense only going to continue to go downhill. Yeah, I agree. Tony, uh, your feelings on, Again, as these rumors start to swirl, it's not even rumors. It's just basically Cowboys Nation going out there saying, how can we save a pretty penny? Oh, yeah, how about we just cut to Marcus Lawrence? That seems to be their their go-to after Amari Cooper, maybe even simultaneously with Amari Cooper. Do you buy into any of this? I mean, another offseason, another year, they're trying to get rid of Demarcus Lawrence. I think it's it's nonsense. I mean, I think beyond the vocal leader, like, you know, we talked about, you said it, Michael Bennett came in. Oh, Demarcus Lawrence has been here the whole time, right? I mean, where's Demarcus Lawrence? Because as far as I'm concerned, he's the vocal leader. He's the heart and soul of this defense. He's the swagger. I mean, they, they I love the way J. Ron Curse came in because J. Ron Curse kind of adopted the same type of mentality, just dogs ready to fight. And I love that. Beyond just the in, that intangible stuff on the field, Demarcus Lawrence plays at a hundred miles per hour. It doesn't. I mean, he doesn't have to get to the quarterback in order for him to affect the football game. I mean, you see the way he darts inside on these, you know, vastly less superior. I mean, you know, they're not as athletic as him. Offensive lineman. He's going in there and he's and he's beating people to the punch on the run. You know, he's he's affecting the the quarterback constantly. I, I just think it's just ridiculous. I mean, I understand if teams want to save money because you know the cap is as real as you want to make it and to steven jones it's the big bad it's the big bad boogeyman under his bed you know steven jones hates the cap and he's always talking about the cap at the end of the day you're not going to win this football game getting cute we tried that with the wide receivers with deontay thompson alan hearns see where that gets you again if you want to ruin dak prescott's prime just like we ruined tony romo's prime trying to get cute and, and putting it on his back you know cut demarcus lawrence cut amari cooper and see where that gets you because at the end of the day this team in this league, you know, they're they're only progressing. This league is only getting better. It's only getting athletic. The talent is getting better. And I understand we draft well, but if you don't keep your homegrown talent, is the whole reason why you don't sign free agents in the first place, but you're not keeping your homegrown talent, then who are you keeping and what are you right. what is what are you expecting to do at this point? That's a great point, man. I like because Steven Jones is sitting there like, well, we like to keep our homegrown talent. Well, if I'm not mistaken, we drafted Demarcus Lawrence. You know what I mean? So, like, if you're trying to keep homegrown talent, then don't even mention, don't even put this guy's name in this conversation. Because look, when push games are shot, and same thing that Aiden just said, man, the run defense did improve from 2020 to 2021. But if you take away Demarcus Lawrence from the 2022 squad, we're right back to where we started. So I, I don't, I don't foresee that being a smart decision. But you know, well, I have to wait and see. I mean, free agency uh, pops up first, you know, after, you know, a little bit of a layoff. And we won't see the Dallas Cowboys play any football games until August, which is highly depressing. 
Um, but you know, OTAs will be here before you know it. The underwear Olympics starts soon. I'm not talking about the actual Olympics. The the uh, the underwear Olympics being the 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 combine, which I believe is in prime time now, uh, because they got to make a spectacle of that too. Uh, so we'll be watching, guys. So I'm going to ask one question, and then we'll move on to our Super Bowl predictions because the next time anybody hears from us, somebody will be hosting a uh, hoisting the Lombardi. So right now. The 24th pick is the Dallas Cowboys. You can make a bold prediction now, but obviously as we get closer to the draft in April, May, um, you know, we'll get more in depth on where we think we're going to go. Tony, 24th pick, you go to the podium. What position are we drafting? Not, don't worry about the player. What position are the Dallas Cowboys addressing first? I've been doing a lot of, you know, tape dive and trying to get into see exactly where this team can get help the most. Um, it keeps leaning me back to offensive line. I think if you build up front, uh, this game, like I said, uh, the game in the league is getting athletic like crazy, but the game is still one in the trenches. If you don't have a solid offensive line, a solid defensive line, you see exactly what we're talking about. We can't stop the run, and if you can't run the football, then you end up losing the first round of the wild card. So I would look offensive line, and there are some options there. All right. Aiden, you you go to the podium. You got your little card in your hand. Where are the Cowboys going with the 24th overall pick? Yeah, I'm not going to pretend that I've done a lot of research onto this. I've tried to get into it lately. I haven't been motivated enough because I'm still a little bit depressed from the 49ers <laughs> game. I do think there's, but from what I've seen, I do think there's a good amount of offensive linemen that are, are going to be available to us at 24. I think some of the better offensive linemen are still going to be available at 24. The one thing I will say, if there is a speedy linebacker, and obviously there's one name in mind. If Nakobe Dean's available at 24, I could definitely see it would be very characteristic for Jerry and Steven to pull the trigger on him because he's a big name that just made a splash in the national championship. And I don't even know if I, I mean, Nakobe Dean seems pretty enticing to me. So that's what I'll say. I don't foresee him making it there. Um, I don't either. That's what that's my guy. I don't want to get on this train because then I'm going to get disappointed on draft night. I might actually go out there for the draft this year. I might actually go out to Vegas. So if I go out there and get all ripped up and then I'm waiting for this pick to happen and it's not the guy I want, it's going to be a bad scene for anybody around me. Um, but I will say that the Cowboys absolutely need to address offensive line because a, that it keeps Dak upright and gives him time to, to throw the ball to all of his premier receivers the running game going offensive line seems to be the way I would lean to. The only thing I'll say is if a superstar like a Dean is there, you, you make that splash because then that gives you options, you know, it gives you options of what to do with Micah, you know, and listen, it, it's very early. It's February 6th as we record this. So it's not even like tomorrow is February 7th. We're in Super Bowl week. We're not even actually through the 2021 season yet. And we're talking draft. But listen, that's what we do because we've had an offseason for three freaking weeks already. So that's what we got to do. So it is the Super Bowl after all, right? We got two teams represented here and obviously two teams with some great stories. Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase, that Bengals team, uh, the young coach Mixon finally getting there. Our boy Cheeto Awuzie is in a Super Bowl, which is just incredible because that just seems to be the trend every time somebody leaves. I, that's the first thing, by the way. If we ever got rid of Cooper and or Lawrence, they're winning a Super Bowl the following year. I hope you guys are all aware of this, and that's going right. to happen. That is just <laughs> the M.O. Um, but, yeah, so good storylines out of the Cincinnati Bengals. And, of course, the bigger storylines over in, in Hollywood would be Stafford going over there uh, in a trade for Goff. And, then of course, you got the – they receive, they, they acquire Beckham, and then, you know, they got, uh, which we call Von Miller. It, it's just everybody um, 
as I get a text right now, it just popped up onto my screen from RJ saying, make sure you touch on the Kellen thing. Well, <laughs> don't worry, buddy. We got you covered. We're we're all over it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so anyway, the Super Bowl is uh, is Sunday, and I'll give it to you guys first for some predictions, some storylines, things to watch for, uh, because look, we're all football junkies at heart anyway. We're all going to be tuned into this. You know, pause with the whole, I don't watch the playoffs after the Cowboys are eliminated. You're a liar. You're a liar or you're a loser. Either way, choose one. So, <laughs> Tony, where are we going with the Super Bowl, bro? Who's going to be the champ? Listen, I, you know, I'm so intrigued by the Jamar Chase and the Jalen Ramsey matchup. I think that's blockbuster. I think that's going to be absolute Hollywood. Um, I, I love the fact that, you know, Joe Burrow is a pure winner. So I could honestly see the Bengals winning this game. But what I'm actually leaning towards is I think that the L.A. Rams come out on top. I think Matthew Stafford gets the championship uh, to the tune of 27 to 20. But I do really think it's going to be a great football game. And uh, the Bengals are here and I think they're going to be here for a while. Tony, following up with that real quick, if Stafford wins the Super Bowl, is he a Hall of Famer? Ooh. Oh, <laughs> that's a great, that's an outstanding question. Because, I mean, have you I got seen brought him? up? Listen, that got brought up in the forum over at Chop Sports on the Facebook group, so I had to throw that at you. And I, I chimed in. I said yes. I said, you know, he's about to eclipse fifty thousand yards. Like he's going to be like fifth all time. He's going to have a Super Bowl. Like, what else do you need criteria wise? So that's why I kind of, I said yeah. yeah. I mean, he took he took the monkey off his back this year just to get to this point. If you were able to come in, change the tune of this Los Angeles Rams thing, I think a lot of people quietly, or maybe not so quietly, can be like, "Man, it was the Detroit Lions the whole time." Because right. this, I mean, he wins the championship his first year removed. It'd be tough not to put him in there because I think there are some quarterbacks that don't have the pedigree that he does that are just in there. So, good, good debate, good debate. Aiden, start with the Hall of Fame question first. Is Stafford a Hall of Famer if he wins? I'm going to say no if he wins. I think if he wins, he'd be in like the hall of very, very good category. Like <laughs> the thing, yeah, sure. But, but what, what I'll say is I do think that he still has a couple years left. And I think he'd probably do enough over the rest of his career to get him in, like maybe move up a couple rankings, maybe make it back to a Super Bowl nine and necessarily win it. I think that would be enough. As it relates to the game, well, if you've been watching the roundtables, apparently I'm the biggest Rams fan in the world now, so I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be a homer, but I, I just I. Oh, with oh, the Rams man, is defense, it, is his internet I, I really going to kick? Hold on one second, Hayden. Is this internet really going to kick out during predictions? It was all, it was I, all there. We were excited for it, and then all of a sudden, it just got real bad. So I guess the the football guys were telling Aiden not I'm, to do what he's about to do. Go ahead, Aiden. Where where did I cut off? Did I cut off at the uh, very beginning? You were a homer and all that stuff. Okay, okay. I I think the Bengals are going to struggle with the Rams defensive line just because, I mean, you know, Aaron Donald, I mean, Von Miller now. There's just a lot of talent, not only at, on the defensive line, but in the linebacking core. I think Burrow's going to struggle. The one thing, the one player that I'm looking to show up for the Bengals, and Tony alluded to it, the Jalen Ramsey's really good, but outside of that, they don't have a ton of secondary depth. I think T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are going to have themselves a day. And it's kind of similar in the Chiefs game where Burrow knew that Chase wasn't going to be open the entire game, so he force-fed the other two guys. I think this game live, lives up to the hype. I'm going to go 33-30 Los Angeles Rams. All right, two picks for the Rams, a field goal win. Now, here's another caveat question to that. It's 
right? That's how you have this game being played out. Is it a game-winning field goal by Gay, or is it a McPherson miss at the end of the night? Oh no, that'd break my heart. Oh. I'm oh. I'm a money McPherson guy. I love <laughs> I love I love this story. But no, McPherson. I, <laughs> I think it would. I I think I predict it ends on a Joe Burrow interception, and I love Joe Burrow. I I'm really rooting for the guy in his career, but I think the hype on Joe Burrow cools down for a little bit. Cause I do think it's gotten a little bit out of hand. Uh, yeah. I'm, listen, I'm riding with you as far as that, that narrative. I think a lot of people have jumped all over the Joe Burrow train. I think his moxie is great. I think his the cigar stuff. I think his little shooter McGavin little dance thing. I think it's all cool. Right. And that's Joe cool. That's who he is. That's who he's going to be for the rest of his career. And we're going to get to sit back and enjoy his career. Um, pound for pound, I think the Rams have a better team. Um, I think that, you know, that defense up front, you know, we saw what the Titans did to the Bengals offensive line. And now you're putting the best player maybe in the world across from your offensive line that has not had a great stand throughout the AFC playoffs. I think the Rams defense is going to make are going to make just a couple more plays um, than the Bengals offense. I do like. Uh, you know, Stafford to rip it a couple times. The Bengals defense was supposed to be their Achilles heel. They've played over expectations. I'm just tired of hearing Eli Apple chirp. Just shut up, dude. Like, just keep in mind, this is like your ninth team in three years. You know what I mean? Like, not really, but almost really, you know? Like, so just please stop chirping. Um, And I think Stafford has heard that. I think Beckham has heard that. And I think Cooper Cup, who just won pretty much every statistical category you can, heard that. So, there's a lot of bulletin board material. I do like the Rams in this game. Give me the Rams 34 and give me the Bengals 24. I don't think it's as close as everybody wants it to be. I think a 10-point win, um, and I have 4-4 in a box pool, so that's where really are. I'm going with this. <laughs> are we all going Matt Stafford, Super Bowl MVP? I think so. Uh, unless unless Donald is a complete game wrecker. You right. know, like, that's what you know, I was gonna say. Like if he has like three or four tackles for loss with two sacks and a strip, you know, like then you're like, how do you not? You know, like, like that's like think about it. Like the MVP should be the reason why you won the game was because of you know, and that that right. that's what it should be. Uh, a la Eli Manning not deserving any of those MVPs, by the way, <laughs> in the Super Bowls. <laughs> but I digress with that. I won't get into all that crap. I think if yeah, it I think you hit it on the head. If you bet the over in this game and you want to hedge, I think. Betting Aaron Donald to win Super Bowl MVP. I if it's a 20, 20 to 17 game, Aaron Donald's winning Super Bowl MVP because I bet he had a game. Don't oh. sleep on Von Miller. Von Miller, you know, he comes up big in these games. The last one he played in, he was a monster. And since he got to the Rams, I believe he's like top five in every statistical category for a defensive end. So I think Von Miller is ready to empty the clip Pick, on Super Bowl Sunday. Picks up his second Super Bowl MVP. That'd be the the most, right? there. Yeah, wow. Yeah, imagine that. Now, the, mo- right. uh, the most important question, Aiden, what color is the Gatorade that's going to be? Because <laughs> I know these prop bets are coming in plenty. So what <laughs> color is the Gatorade? This is important now. What is it? Oh, I'm going. I'm going to go orange. And I'm as a side thing, I'm going over on the national anthem. Okay. All right. Orange Gatorade over National Anthem. Tony. I'm saying yellow Gatorade. Ah, damn it. Right? I'm saying yellow Gatorade. I'm saying over on the National Anthem as well. And I think I'm leaning towards heads because I saw somebody saying that the head side might be a little heavier and you might get a little more rotation. So get your get your bets in. 
I am going also with yellow Gatorade. I'm going with the over on the anthem, and I'm going to go with a bet that you probably can't find anywhere. You're going to have to really dig deep of how many curse words slip through on the halftime show. I'm going with the over on that one. You got Snoop, <laughs> Eminem, Dr. Dre. That's going to happen, by the way. Uh, so be prepared <laughs> for that. And if you have kids, just go, you know, have get them a snack because I don't know if they're going to want to see it. Here's the thing. Aiden, I don't know. It's not so much your generation, more so for me and me and Tony here. Like, oh, I have kids, right? So, like, this is – they're going to see dad in his element, right? They're going to see, oh, like, yeah. like when the real Slim Shady comes out there and says, please stand up, I'm going to be the first dork that stands up. Like, here we go. It's Oh, my God, it's B-Rabbit. Look at him go. Uh, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday is coming up. This week, be sure to tune in to the Blog and the Boys podcast network for all of extensive coverage going into the big game. And, uh, you know, the next time you hear from the First and Ten podcast, you'll hear us next week, and we will have a Super Bowl champion. So for Dave Sturgeo, Aiden Davis, and, of course, Tony Catalina, this has been another episode of First and Ten right here on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. We'll see you guys next time.